Welcome to More, the podcast where Debbie will explore real-life applicable ways to get more out of your life. And here's Debbie. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to More. I'm pretty excited about this next chapter. It's chapter five, the best way to start a new habit, and it's really a good chapter. There's a lot of meat to this chapter, a lot of really valuable things, and so we are just going to dive in. Um, He talks about... He starts out with a study that they did in Great Britain in 2001, so it wasn't not that long ago, and they did they studied 248 people who wanted to have better exercise habits, and they put them into three groups, and they studied them for two weeks, and the first group was the control group, and all they were, they all wanted, all of the people wanted to exercise more. So this first group just were told that they needed to track how often they exercised, write it down. The second group was like the motivation group. They were asked to track what they did, but also they were supposed to read information and material, and they were probably given the material, on the benefits of exercise. And um, they also explained to that group how exercise could reduce the risk of heart disease and improve heart health and lots of motivation. The third group, they got the second motivation. Second stuff is the the motivation is the same as the second group. They had to track their exercise. They were asked to read literature. They were told all the benefits of exercise. But they were also, also, they had to write down a specific plan of when they were going to exercise and they had to basically turn it in. So during the next week, I will partake in at least 20 minutes of exercise on this day at this time and in this place. So what was interesting is after they did the study, the first and the second groups, even the group with the motivation, 35% of the people exercised in the first group. Only 38% of the people mo- exercised in the second group. The third group, 91% of them exercised. And even though they had the motivation, the second group did, they still didn't exercise. So the sentence that they filled out is what rece- researchers refer to as an implementation intention so like it's like the idea that you're going to implement or start the goal which is the plan you make beforehand about when and where you're going to act hundreds of studies have been shown that this idea helps and is effective for sticking to your goals whether it's writing down the exact time and date of when you're going to get a flu shot or make an appointment They increase the odds that you'll stick with new habits like studying, going to sleep early, etc. Doing the things that you need to do. So it's clear, people who make a specific plan for when and where they will perform a new habit are more likely to follow through. I know that with myself, if I put something in my phone, I'll do it. Right? Like I'll say to a friend, let's get together, let's go to lunch, let's go to dinner, yada, yada, yada. We never do. But if we put it in our phone, let's go together on this date, we always do. So I think it's really true. He says, we leave it up to chance and hope that we will just remember to do it. Now, we've been doing vision boards in my class this last couple of weeks. 
And I told the kids a lot about this. And, I mean, they're kids. They're young. They'll, they're still learning. But I said these exact things, like, you need to have it specific. You need to explain what you're going to do, how long, you know, where is it going to happen. And now they're presenting their vision boards. And so many of the kids just have something like, I'm going to be a better reader. I'm going to get better grades. And they haven't specifically written it down. So I'm telling them that that's, you know, my advice. They're getting the points for their for their assignment, but they really need to do this. Now, they're young and they're just learning, probably ideally, maybe I should have them go back and fix it. But it's an exercise in doing a vision board, and so many of them are inspired by the vision board. I don't want to make the goals something that they have to do. I want it to be something that they want to do. And I'm giving them the suggestions after they they present. So if they want to change it, they can. But I don't want to mandate something or then, you know, it becomes my thing and not theirs. That has to be something they really want to do. Um, many people think they lack motivation, but what they really lack, he says, is clarity. So this is a couple of examples of what he said we could do. I will meditate for one minute at 7 a.m. in my kitchen. Or I will study Spanish for 20 minutes at 6 p.m. in my bedroom. I will exercise for one hour at 5 p.m. in my local gym. I will make my partner a cup of tea at 8 a.m. in the kitchen. So these are specific times and where you're going to do these exact things. He says if you're not sure when or where to start, the first of a week or a month is always good. A fresh start sometimes feels motivating. Now he says you need to give your habits a time and a space to live in the world. The goal is to make the time and location so obvious, like we said on the last podcast, that being obvious is the first step. So the goals need to be so obvious that with enough repetition, you get the urge to do the right thing at the right time. He says there's a lot of ways to do this, but he's going to, his first strategy is habit stacking, which is what I've already heard before. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on the podcast or not, but he tells the story of Dennis Diderot, who lived in 1765, and he, his daughter was going to be married, and he didn't have any money and so he was also the writer of an encyclopedia and Catherine the Great who was the Empress of Russia at the time heard about Diderot's financial troubles and he was worried you know about providing for the wedding and putting the wedding on so her heart went out to him and she was a book lover And she loved his encyclopedias. So she heard about this. So she offered to buy Diderot's personal library for a thousand L. I think that's Lear. Um, And it was more than $150,000. That's what it would equal today. So suddenly he had all the money and he needed and with extra. So not only did he pay for the wedding, but he got a new robe. Then his robe was so beautiful Um, that it seemed out of place in his closet. So then he got new 
items of clothing to match his elegant robe. Then he felt like he needed to upgrade his possessions, and he replaced his rug in his room with a nicer rug from Damascus. Then he thought, oh, the room doesn't match the rug, so he decorated the room with expensive sculptures. Then he bought a mirror to put above the mantle. Then he got a better kitchen table. He got rid of his old straw chair for a leather one, and like dominoes, one purchase led to the next. And this is called the Diderot effect. Now, in some ways, it's got a negative comp- uh, con- connotation, like people like can't stop buying. But um, and it's true, like this this effect of what happens, you can see it everywhere. You buy a dress, and then you got to get new shoes and earrings to match. Uh, you get a couch, and suddenly you it doesn't fit with the other furniture in your living room. You buy a toy for your child, and then you got to get all the accessories that go with it, etc., etc. So we've seen this. He says that many human behaviors follow this very cycle. No behavior happens in isolation. So like going to the bathroom leads you to washing and drying your hands, which reminds you that you need to put the dirty towels in the laundry. So then you go to the laundry room and you see that you need more laundry detergent, so you start your shopping list, etc. Right? So when it comes to building new habits, you can use the connectedness of behavior to your advantage. One of the best ways to build a new habit is to identify a current habit that you already do every day and then stack your behavior on top. It's called habit stacking which I've heard of and I actually have done, and it really works. So the idea of habit stacking is, for example, meditation. After I eat breakfast in the morning, I'm going to meditate for one minute. Um, Exercise. After I take off my work shoes, I'll immediately change into my workout clothes. Gratitude. After I sit down to dinner, I will say one thing I'm grateful for that happened today. Marriage. After I get into bed at night, I will give my partner a kiss. Safety. After I put on my running shoes, I will text a friend or family member where I am running and how long it will take. So, the key is to tie your desired behavior into something that you're already doing every day. This allows you to take advantage of the natural momentum that comes from one behavior leading into another. This is a positive version of the Diderot effect, not a negative one. I do this a lot. Um, I wake up. In the morning, I have kind of a routine. So I wake up, and then I exercise. I, uh, at first, I, I wasn't motivated to exercise, So I would, like, start reading scriptures or studying. Um, But then I was falling asleep. I started to fall. I was, like, sitting there in my comfy chair, and I would, like, nod off and start to fall asleep. So I changed my routine. So I wake up, and I exercise first. So then I'm good and awake. Then I go from there. I read scriptures. Then from there, I pray. Now, I really need to add meditation in there because that's one thing that I need to improve on. Um, but also part of my exercise routine is a meditation. So I am doing some meditation. And then after that, I get ready. So there's kind of my morning routine. Now, I love to play pickleball. And some of the, the best 
pickleball groups are in the morning. And I could go and play pickleball in the morning, but I'm just so hesitant to do it because I don't want to interrupt the routine that I've set for myself because I like it and I feel like it's effective for me. I have a couple of routines at night. At night I go to bed and then I do Duolingo. I'm learning Portuguese and then I play games on my phone. So what I really need to do is switch. I'm trying to switch out playing games on my phone to reading scripture at night. Um, I'm trying to read a book in Portuguese and so I, I wanted to add change that out. Now also I have a routine where I when I change my clothes I brush my teeth and so those kind of things help now he says let's say you want to put a new behavior where you want to add something into an already established routine here's an example you may have already ha- you may already have a morning routine that looks like this you wake up you make your bed you take a shower let's say you want to develop a habit of reading more at night So then you expand your habit stack and you try something like you wake up, you make your bed, you place a book on your pillow, then you take a shower. Now when you climb into bed at night, a book will be sitting there waiting for you to enjoy. So um, it allows you to create a set of rules and a game plan and an action phase that will come next so that you can be more successful. Then, once you get good at habit stacking, you can do general habit stacks to guide you in just a variety of situations. For example, exercise. When I see a set of stairs, I'll take them instead of using the elevator. So it's a ha- stacking, you know, you have to get there anyway, go one direction versus the other. Social skills. When I walk into a party, I will introduce myself to someone I don't know. Finances. When I want to buy something over 100, I will wait 24 hours before purchasing. Healthy eating. This is one that I really should do. When I serve myself a meal, I will always put vegetables on my plate first, or even just eat the vegetables first. Minimalism. I like this. When I buy a new item, I will give something away so we don't have so much junk laying around. Mood. When the phone rings, I'll take a deep breath and smile before answering. Forgetfulness. When I leave a public place, I will check the table and chairs to make sure I don't leave anything behind. He says, no matter how you use the strategy, the secret to creating a successful habit stack is selecting the right cue to kick things off. So you have to be thinking about how you're doing it. So for example, when and where you choose to insert a habit makes a difference. If you're trying to add meditation into your morning and you're already late for your day as it is, then you can't really add meditation in. Or let's say your morning's chaotic and people are running around. You can't really do meditation, right? So that might be the wrong place and the wrong time. Consider when you are most likely to be successful and don't ask yourself to do a habit when you're likely to be occupied with something else. Also, if you want to create a habit, like a daily habit, let's say, and you stack it on something that you only do like on Saturdays or Mondays, then that it doesn't benefit you at all. So he says one of the best ways to do this is make a list like we did in the last chapter of all the things that you do. Like 
I mean, I didn't even include making my bed. I'm, I have a real habit of making my bed now every day. So sometimes you just go off the tip of your you know, tongue and you just say things, but sometimes you don't think through them. So I think it's important to write the list out. Get out of bed, take a shower, brush your teeth, get dressed, brew a cup of coffee, eat breakfast, go to school, start the day, eat lunch, end the work day, change out of your clothes, sit down for dinner, etc. And then he even... May, you can even make them longer, things that happen to your day without fail. For example, the sun rises, you get a text message, the song you're listening to ends, the sun sets. Um, so you can make all kinds of lists, right? Then you stick your new habit in there, the one that you want to do, and start working at it. There's one thing that he did say that if you're more speci- the more specific you are, the better the habit stacking works. He said, I wanted to do push-ups. So what he did was, he said, I wanted to start a push-up habit. My habit stack was, when I take a break for lunch, I'll do 10 push-ups. At first glance, this sounded reasonable. But soon I realized the trigger was, like, unclear. Would I do my push-ups before I ate lunch? After I ate lunch? Where would I do them? After a few inconsistent days, I changed my habit stack to... When I close my laptop for lunch, I will do 10 push-ups next to my desk. Now it's clear what you're going to do. Habits like read more or eat better are great causes, but they aren't goals that provide instruction on how and when to act. You must be specific and clear. After I close the door, after I brush my teeth, after I sit down at the table... Being specific is important. The more tightly bound your new habit is to a specific cue, the better the odds are that you will notice when the time comes to act. The first law of behavior change is to make it obvious. So habit stacking is a way to do that. Now, um, it's so easy to just listen to these podcasts and do nothing. Like literally do nothing. It's the beginning of the year. Um, I would guess some of you at least have thought about something you want to change, something you want to improve on or better yourself at. Even if you didn't write it down, at least you've thought something. I would say the majority of you have. I've created a new vision board for myself, and I'm so grateful that I have my job and I have my students do it, so then I do it. I'm hoping that I continue to do it after I don't work anymore. I'm going to have to set new... um, parameters for myself but I think I can do it so my challenge to you for this time is just to pick one small thing now look this book is called atomic habits it's not like doing something for a long time it's small something small and so I was thinking like I want I do want to get stronger on my legs and I have this little I've added some things that I've done that like in the shower every morning, my I want to keep my shoulders strong. And so I do like, um, I put my shoulders out wide and then press in just to like, almost, it's almost for my posture, which I want to work on too. But like, I just, you know, we look down so much at our devices and everything. So I just spread out eagle with my arms and put my head back. And I do kind of like a wall push up about five times every time I'm in the shower And I just feel that it opens up my chest and my area so that I'm not caving inward. I like that. I've added that. 
And then one thing I started doing that um, once I was getting physical therapy on my leg, trying to get my legs better, um, I would like, when I was drying off in the shower with my towel, I would balance on one leg completely and dry off, then balance on the other leg completely. And I keep thinking about, I have like this balance um, cushion that I think I'm going to put into my closet now. It's just got an idea that I'm going to start one other thing. I'm going to do something. I'm going to put this little cushion into my closet. So as soon as I come out of the shower, I see that. And then I'm going to just do one minute balance. One minute. One minute. I can do one minute on each leg. And it's not that much. But it will help me build my strength in my legs. And it's just a little tiny thing. Just like that guy said 10 push-ups. If I just did 10 push-ups every morning before I got into the shower. You know, we have to do little things, little things, and then we build on those little things. So my challenge is to you that you pick something that you're gonna do. And you've heard what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the little cushion. And it's gonna be two minutes, it's nothing. It's gonna add very little to um, my routine, but it's going to help me get my legs a lot stronger. So little things go a long way. And I hope you'll do it. I challenge you. Hope you'll make this next couple of weeks great. And have a great couple of weeks, everybody. Thanks. See you.